0: Welcome to week four of our Lenten podcast series. If you've been listening and joining uh, us since the beginning of Lent, um, that is so cool. We're so happy to have you along for this journey. If this is the first time you're tuning in, we're happy to have you as well. And just want to encourage you that no matter where um, you start in your Lenten journey, um, just to fully enter in there. It's not about, you know, doing it perfectly or for a full 40 days necessarily. So um, if you're just joining us now, that's awesome. And uh, one of the things I thought that was pretty cool last week in um, at the beginning of our discussion, when we talked about our like past experiences with Lent is that even all of our experiences growing up were different. Like uh, Jenna and I, we grew up practicing Lent and it's kind of ebbed and flowed over the years. Ben and Jason, you didn't really grow up doing that. Mm -hmm. However, we're all kind of entering into this now Mm -hmm. in a fresh way. So on that note too, we just encourage you to like not only um, give yourself and others grace as far as like whether you're starting Lent on day one or day 30, Mm -hmm. um, but also whether this is a new practice um, in your life in general. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're just happy to have you along for it, and um, yeah, we are um, approaching this as like we're looking at the lectionary for from each week, Um, and the verses we're looking at today, they're going to be in the caption of this post, but I'm going to just mention them now before we dive in. So we're going to be looking at Exodus 17: 1 through 7, John chapter 4, Psalm 95 verses 7 through 11 and then Romans chapter 5, 1 through 11. And today we're going to be discussing the rest of Christ and what it means for us to find our rest in Him and why that's so important and something that Lent um, really allows for this great opportunity Mm -hmm. to do just that. Um, So yeah, we're going to start in Psalm 95 if you want to open your Bible there. All right, Psalm 95 verses 7 through 11.
1: You're going to start at verse one.
0: You want me to do the whole thing? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love you. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, we just like your reading voice. <laughs> so just keep going <laughs> with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let us sing songs of praise. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods in his hand are the depths of the earth, and the heights of the mountains are also his. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as at, as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. For 40 years I loathed that generation and said, they are a people who go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Therefore, I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest.
2: Ooh. Yeah. There's
0: a lot there.
1: There is. It ends pretty intensely.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm.
2: Well, it starts. I mean, I think there's an obvious correlation between psalm ninety five and the Exodus passage. yeah, mm-hmm. um, it obviously references um, the time where the Israelites were grumbling um, because mm-hmm. they didn't have water um, and instead of trusting in the Lord's provision, they they grumbled over it um, mm-hmm. and whined about it. So that's an obvious connection, but I think the reason why I was glad Jason said. Can you read verse one um, Mm -hmm. is because there's also some beautiful ties with Psalm 95 and what comes before in Exodus, Mm -hmm. um, because if we back up just a few chapters in Exodus, um, we see um God's provision for the people as he delivers these plagues over Egypt to free them from slavery. And these plagues weren't random. They were really the taking down of these Egyptian mm-hmm. gods who the Egyptians believed were over nature. And so God is essentially saying, like, I'm above nature, you mm-hmm. know. Um And we see here in Psalm 95, like, he is a great God. He is a great king above all gods, mm-hmm. right? Um, And then it goes on in Psalm 95 to say, the sea is his for he made it. And we see that in Exodus as well. I think it's Exodus 14 where we see the parting of the Red Sea. And so it's almost setting up for us this idea of like the Israelites should have known that he is the God above all gods. They should have known that he was the God who could part the Red Sea. And if he can Mm. part the Red Sea, (laughs) he could provide water as Mm. well. But instead of resting in that and knowing that the Israelites choose instead to grumble against the Lord and not trust in his provision.
3: Yeah. You see the, the theme of, um, of a hard heart mm-hmm. in that Psalm 95, mm-hmm. uh, today, if you, you know, do not have a hard heart and mm-hmm. that is tied in with that grumbling yeah. in Exodus. And when we think about our relationship with God and our ability to rest, um, it's not going to come very easily if we are a grumbling people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we'll go into it. I'm sure a little bit more of what rest means and what that looks like, uh, for a follower of, of God. But here we see a contrast, uh, of in Psalm 95, come, let us worship the Lord. Let us mm-hmm. kneel before the Lord, our God, our, our maker, let it, you know, he is the rock of our mm-hmm. salvation. And this is that the rock, that's the source that they get the water from in Exodus. Mm-hmm. Um, we see the, the, what, what should be the response to our God, a response of worship, a response of thanksgiving. But it's, that's a contrast to the way that the people of, um, in Exodus 17 respond mm-hmm. to God. And like, like you said, Jenna, they have just received God's provision They've seen God work. They've seen his deliverance. They've seen his salvation. They've seen his provision. And now they're complaining about not having water. And it's fair to be thirsty, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's understandable to be in the wilderness and, and need a drink. But the way that they go about it, it's drawn out that they, that they uh, test the Lord mm-hmm. and that they're grumbling which is the opposite of praising. It's the opposite of rejoicing. It's the opposite of thanksgiving. And this isn't one of our texts, but Paul speaks about grumbling when he says, work out your salvation. The first thing he says is don't grumble anymore. Mm -hmm. Like a a saved people are not a grumbling people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Psalm 95 helps us see what, that could look like if grumbling was removed
1: it could Mm -hmm. be a people who come before him with praise and thanksgiving Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, that's good i feel like there's this this default position in us at times though to see the thing to grumble about Mm -hmm. right like the the israelites there um they knew what they were lacking Mm -hmm. because they remembered what they had had in egypt right so it's not even just uh not even just their grumbling there but they're almost saying like we had it better when we were in slavery <laughs> and they're like looking back and and it's like, well, no, you didn't. You weren't mm-hmm. a free people. You weren't mm-hmm. able to to go into and enter his rest because you were enslaved. Uh, and and yet sometimes we even, I think, find ourselves drawn back to uh, what we used to know or what we used to do or, or these old habits that that die hard mm-hmm. type of stuff um, And and it draws us back, but we're missing what God has for us, right? We're we're not singing for joy. There's a, a weightiness to mm-hmm. even in their grumbling and their hardness of heart. You see that they're like there's this weight on them of like uncertainty, as we've mentioned in other Lent uh, episodes, and and the wondering of what does God have for us, and and even though we've seen Him work, what. What if he doesn't come through this time? You know, there's these questions and these doubts, but God calls us back to remember, like, man, remember, like kneel before your maker. Mm -hmm. He cares for you, um, for he is our God in verse 7 of Psalm 95. And we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Like he is this good shepherd Mm -hmm. that knows us, that cares for us, that does things for us that we will never understand Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. see Uh, And sometimes that's what leads us into that grumbling is like, we don't quite see what he's at work in. Mm -hmm. And, and so we're more prone to see what's not happening and kind of put Mm -hmm. our focus in the wrong place. Um, But he draws us back to remember who God is. Mm -hmm. Remember in your heart that he cares for you. He is so intimately involved in your life, Mm -hmm. like enter into his rest, Mm -hmm. like choose this day to not harden your heart and not enter his rest but have a soft heart towards the lord Mm -hmm. and see what he's doing and open your eyes up and and enter into that rest like this beautiful invitation to come to him
3: i think it's important that we're um recognized as sheep there Mm -hmm. that it's like it's not that we're seen as you you uh you good decision makers, (laughs) you know, like, like you have made, you have made wise decisions and that is why the Lord has, has, Mm -hmm. you know, is leading you. It's like, no, he just, he just is. I think that draws us to the Romans Mm. text as far as like, Mm. while we were yet sheep, no, the Mm. Romans text while you, Mm. while you were yet sinners. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read a little bit of that. Romans 5, yeah. therefore, since we have been justified through faith, and we know that that faith, sorry, I jumped off the text, <laughs> we know that that faith is not something that we muster up. Mm-hmm. That is like a mm-hmm. gift from the Lord. We see that in it, from our conversation previously about Abraham, mm-hmm. that that is that is a gift from the Lord, his mm-hmm. faith in him. It is a response to God, but it is not something that he makes because of he's, he's factored in all the um all the possible outcomes and so he you know like the land that he's calling me to this Mm -hmm. seems like the best decision for me no it's just Mm -hmm. god calls and i respond in faith Mm -hmm. therefore since we have been justified through faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of god that i think that word boast that can be confusing sometimes one is it is often looked as a, a negative word, like mm-hmm. don't boast in who you are. But when we see it as a, a synonym, in a sense, for praise, mm-hmm. that helps us see that connection with Psalm 95. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, And we praise in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, which the people the in the, in the wilderness were not glorying in their sufferings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame or some translations say hope does not disappoint mm-hmm. because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is who is given to us um, we can come back to some of that other parts that are coming up later but i i think it's interesting that you're exactly right Ben when you say that they're looking back on their times as slavery as somehow better than than their current situation mm-hmm. And I think that's right, but there's also a way of seeing that some things might have been better. Mm-hmm. Like they might have had easier access to water. Mm-hmm. Right. But in, in Exodus, mm-hmm. they are a suffering people. And suffering we see in the Romans text, it ultimately results in a hope mm-hmm. that does not put us to shame, a hope that does not disappoint. Mm-hmm their opportunity there in Exodus 17 is to be given a hope that does not disappoint. Mm-hmm. They could have gone back to Egypt if, if they had the choice, but they would have been given a situation where they would not have had the opportunity to hope mm-hmm. and whatever it was would, that they were able to experience would disappoint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be a disappointing. So mm-hmm. even if they did have greater access to water faucets or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, to Kuligan water, you know, containers, they, 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 while they're doing their slavery, they're in a situation that disappoints. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so God brings them out of, of that and in, into a situation where, yeah, they might be suffering in a different way, but it gives them an opportunity to experience the hope that God's love of God's love and being poured into their hearts. And there's that kind of that imagery of of water being poured out to them Mm -hmm. they're receiving it in a different way they're not seeing it as a as a an expression of god's love Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even though god loves them in the midst of their grumbling Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. it's just something that they you know they can't live without and Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. which speaks a little bit about the temporary
1: nature of our desires yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it really does and, I mean, that's ultimately what the Israelites focused in on, right? Yeah. I mean, even prior to Exodus 17, they, they were thirsty earlier, too. Mm-hmm. And then they were hungry. And it's like, oh, the same bread after, day after day. Like, mm-hmm. can we get some meat? Mm-hmm. And God's like, I'm going to give you so much meat. You're not going to need the meat sweats, <laughs> right? And it's like, really, though? Like, he gave them so, like, an overwhelming yeah. amount of meat. And he's like, you know, giving them and, and giving and giving and giving. And, uh, and they're still not glorying in him. They're still mm-hmm. grumbling toward him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh the the waters there where it says like the waters of Meribah and, and Massa. Mm-hmm. It's like of quarreling and testing. Like mm-hmm. that's what those words mean. And that's that's where their mm-hmm. hearts were. It's like they were focused on like, I have this physical need and I want it met now. Mm-hmm. Right? Reminds me of my children, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, uh okay. But also there's a, a proper way to ask. And there's mm-hmm. like the need is understandable. The need is there. Like, yeah, yeah, you need water. You need food. Mm-hmm. We get that. Um, and the Lord is providing, but you just don't like the way he's providing mm-hmm. and it's different than maybe your expectation And so they saw something in that physical uh, And didn't see the the spiritual connotations of it mm-hmm. um, Where you're being filled like maybe you're, you're having suffering in one place But you're being filled in a more intimate way in, in a more actually filling type of way mm-hmm. than what you're looking for um, and so it's this call to like put our focus in the right place to to maybe take a step back, um, and as we enter into the rest of Jesus, it invites us to see things differently and understand that there's stuff going on that that we don't see immediately. It's not always a, a tangible like I can't feel it, I can't see it, um, but God is still at work, and and that's uncomfortable. And I think, as you mentioned, Jason, the the Israelites are a suffering people. Mm-hmm. They suffered in Egypt in one way, Mm -hmm. and then in the wilderness, they're suffering in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if some of that grumbling comes from, like, we don't understand this kind of suffering, and so we're resistant against Mm
3: -hmm. it,
1: and we understand this kind of suffering, and we know how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And so it's this new suffering that's like, "Ah, can we just go back to the way it was? Because I know that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's almost a comfort in the suffering because... Mm -hmm. It's known. Mm-hmm. And now it's this unknown suffering. They don't know where it's going to lead. They don't know how it's going to end up. Mm-hmm. And they're almost not willing to trust God in it, right? Mm-hmm. They're yeah. certainly not glorying in that suffering. Mm-hmm. They're not wanting to persevere in it. They don't want the character-building quality mm-hmm. of that suffering. They want to go back to what they had. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, before
2: we, like... Pound on the Israelites too much. We also have to recognize that we're supposed to see ourselves oh, in the sure. Israelites, yes. right? And I yeah, know that's not what yeah. we're doing, but <laughs> yeah, right. um, just to <clears throat> highlight that, like, that <clears throat> is our natural response to <clears throat> suffering is what is my way out, which is why yeah. we <clears> throat> throat> recognize Lent. Like, Lent is supposed to be a time where we lean into suffering, <clears throat> um, that we sit in discomfort <clears throat> um, and recognize that we do have a tendency to want to jump straight to the resurrection, right? We want to jump to the ending. And so that's what we see the Israelites doing is they don't don't want to lean into suffering. Um, And that's what God kind of, that's what is being drawn out for us in Psalm 95. Like the Lord is saying, like, they have not known my ways. Uh, And before that in verse nine, he says, they put me to the test though they had seen my work, right? He's like Mm -hmm. basically saying like, they've seen my work. They've seen what I've done, but rather than resting in that and trusting in that in the midst of their suffering, instead they choose to grumble and quarrel. But we are often the same way. Mm -hmm. Like we don't want to sit in suffering. We would rather find a temporary relief to it. Even if it means like pretending that we're not suffering or Mm -hmm. trying to figure out a way to make our suffering um, not so hard, or I'm going to try to find a temporary fix to this Mm -hmm. rather Mm -hmm. in... I've seen the Lord work in my life or in the lives of others. I've seen what his word has said about his faithfulness. And I'm going to trust and rest in that. Hmm. We have a tendency to instead, what is my quick fix? How do I relieve this? Because suffering should not be what I'm experiencing right now.
3: Yeah. And you're the, all the things that you just mentioned about like how we try and deal with it, how I try and deal with it Mm -hmm. is a, um, are descriptions of that hardened heart of not Mm -hmm. willing to admit, I guess, like the kind of suffering that I'm experiencing, like Mm -hmm. almost like turning a blind eye to it, ignoring it Mm -hmm. and then dealing with it in different ways as opposed Mm -hmm. to, to surrendering it to the Lord, to trusting in the Lord that he will provide the water Mm -hmm. when I need it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that that's really helpful as far as, um, describing that hardened heart that, the people felt that we
1: often feel the same way. Mm -hmm. It almost makes me like, why do we like, why is it so easy to have a hardened heart when it comes Mm -hmm. to stuff like this? Um, and I don't necessarily like have a clear answer on that, but, but it's just interesting to think through that. Um of like i mean we do see ourselves in the israelites right i mean you you read through the old testament and you see like how wishy washy they were and and kind of all over the place and <clears throat> and that can be us at times so i wonder like why why we almost find it easier to have a hard heart in mm-hmm. suffering mm-hmm. than to allow ourselves because suffering is almost like like a mortar and pestle kind of like grinding us down a little mm-hmm. bit and as we allow ourselves to be softened we actually experience his rest Mm -hmm. and so it's like the very thing we Mm -hmm. desire we're not able to enter into because we choose hardness instead of softness um so yes i will toss that question out to you if you guys have a response well i i wonder too i think it's a great question why we continue to choose
3: it and sometimes i wonder if we actually are not choosing it that's Mm -hmm. just how we are Mm -hmm. um we are as the Romans text says, you see it just the right time when we were still powerless. Mm. We're still coming out of the the inability to even have the power to recognize like God's mm. goodness, and it's only mm. by grace that we can begin to see it. Mm. And it's only by grace that the people in um, the Israelites were able to see it. And um, there, there is something else too. This idea of of what you're describing too, this this inability to have an open heart um, is sometimes just with the influences around us and, and mm-hmm. what we do know and what we're able to recognize, I think that leads us into the, the John text mm-hmm. yes. with the woman like how, uh, with the woman at the well, how she has some ideas, but Jesus is drawing attention, um, she has, she as well is thirsty mm-hmm. and, and um, she at least is at the well getting water for, um, for for her and her and whoever she's taking the water back to. Um, Jesus is helping her understand that he is the one that satisfies the mm-hmm. ultimate thirst. Mm-hmm. And I think he's helping her see that, becoming mm-hmm. aware to have an open heart mm-hmm. towards him. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's good.
3: Are we turning to John four.
0: I say, I say, we I do. I think so,
3: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> I think too, and this even. I mean, it ties into the the woman at the well. But I I I just realized this is in my notes from I'm, I've been going through um forty days of decrease, and there's a quote in there that says, "We prefer self reliance, but perhaps utter dependence is the truer friend of our souls." Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes that hardness of heart comes from this desire to like you said sometimes we it's not like we're aware that we're hardening our Mm -hmm. heart but we're turning to these like what we can control and Mm -hmm. being self-reliant and even here Mm -hmm. the woman at the well like what what can she control is going up even as uncomfortable as it may be at going up to the well and finding her own water but what is Mm
2: -hmm.
0: better for our souls is this living Mm -hmm. water that i know you guys have more to speak on
1: yeah well just as a transition to from exodus uh In 1 Corinthians 10, um, the Apostle Paul talks about this water that they drank from. Mm -hmm. And and he takes it from like this physical water that came out of a rock to talking about a spiritual rock, which Mm -hmm. is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so he says in 1 Corinthians 10, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. So it doesn't even call it like the manna and the water. It's like there's something deeper here than what you see. There's a spiritual feeling that comes. Like God is providing these things for you. Um, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Um, so the theme of the rock, the theme of the water, but taking it from the physical to the spiritual, that's exactly what happens in John 4, is from the physical to the spiritual where the woman is literally coming to, you know, she brings her vessel to like fill it with water from the well and like Mm -hmm. she's just, she's just looking for a drink Mm -hmm. (laughs) at first Mm -hmm. Um, but doesn't realize that the thing she's actually yearning and thirsting for is the -hmm. Messiah and he's right there.
3: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. before we get to their, um, before we get to their, deep into their conversation, I love that Jesus asks, will you give me a drink? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, One, I think in everything Jesus says, he is demonstrating, um, he's showing us something. And I think that there's an idea of the Israelites could have just asked that, Mm -hmm. Hmm. (laughs) will will you give us a drink?
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, instead they see no water. And they complain and they grumble. Mm -hmm. But Jesus is like, Will you give me a drink? I I honestly think that he is thirsty Mm -hmm. because it just right after it says his disciples had gone into town to buy food. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there is an an idea of like they need something to drink and something to eat. Um, But he's using not only that question, which we can look at Exodus man, why didn't the Israelites just ask? Like, with that kind of confidence that Mm -hmm. they would receive Mm -hmm. water. But also he's teaching the woman to ask that to him. And his answer is going to be so much more Mm -hmm. than, than there, than she's even asking, which is Mm -hmm. kind of a common scriptural theme, (laughs) giving us so much more than we could either ask or imagine. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's teaching her how to ask. um, But then he, I'm going to let, you go on this Jenna, but he switched this conversation is switched, uh, because, um, he addressed, if you knew the gift of God and who it is to ask you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. What is he talking about?
2: Yeah. He's inviting (laughs) this woman into eternal life. Mm. Um, which is interesting because he's not saying like and I will eventually give mm. you um, living water. Mm. He's offering it to her now in mm. the moment, um, which I think is just a misconception that we have about this idea of eternal life. Mm. Um, but when the scriptures talk about eternal life, they talk about them as a present tense thing that we can experience through abiding in Jesus, that it's not something that starts and stops with death. Um, which is what we often think. Like, Mm -hmm. this is this thing that I long for. And yes, there is an aspect to eternal life that is not yet fully realized, Mm. um, of course. But there is an aspect of it that we enjoy now. Mm. And it's this idea of of rest. Um, He is inviting her into eternal rest that starts now, uh, not just like, Hey, it's this thing that's going to be far off into the future and you can hope for it. And it's, it's better than the temporary thing that you're asking for now. Mm -hmm. He's also offering her something now too. Cause I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we think of this, like oh, you know, she wanted a temporary fix and he's offering her this better thing that if she would just wait for it, it's Mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. That's not what he's doing. He's saying like, yeah, you want a temporary fix. Like I can give you something better than just satisfying your thirst. I can Mm -hmm. give you rest now. Mm -hmm. Um, now it's a different type of rest as Mm -hmm. we've seen. Um, it's not an escape, um, you know, necessarily Mm -hmm. from suffering or anything like that, but he's asking her to enter into relationship with him now. And that's the same that is offered to us in eternal life with the Lord. We're offered rest now. Mm -hmm. Um, Not necessarily an escape from suffering, but we are asked asked to enter into his presence and experience this idea of eternal rest Mm -hmm. even now, um, which I think we can parse out more.
3: Yeah, and we see this theme of suffering in the Exodus text. Mm -hmm. We we see it in Romans too, suffering producing perseverance. Um, Ben, how do you see suffering as a part of this John four story, because until recently, I never, Mm. I didn't see suffering in this story. Mm. I saw Jesus drawing, uh, you know, he, he says, you know, anyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I give will Mm -hmm. have a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman says, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty Mm. and have to keep coming here to draw water. He says, go call your husband and come back. And then Mm. she says, I have no husband. And Jesus says, you're right. When you say that you have no husband, the fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. What do we see suffering in Mm. this story?
1: We do. And before we jump to that like I just like as we talk about this water you know like when you have like a really hot day or you've been working in the yard or you know playing a sport or something and you take that first sip of like something nice and cold to drink and just the sweet relief Mm -hmm. that comes in right it's like oh my my thirst has been quenched my parched tongue has been wet with whatever I'm drinking and and there's that that sense of relief and I think, as we think about suffering, like that's what we're invited into as we experience mm-hmm. the rest of Jesus is it brings this like ah, like sweet relief mm-hmm. um and so when when Jesus is speaking to her and she you know says, like, "I have no husband," and you know Jesus is like, "Yeah, you've had five husbands, and, and the man you have now have is not your husband mm-hmm. um there's this this moment of like, hmm, what is he saying there? what is he getting at um and if you think of the context of where she would have been and the value of women or the lack of value of women um, in that time period, um, you have to wonder what kind of suffering she's been in to have had five husbands and now is with a sixth man. Mm and you know, is she actively making these choices or are these choices are being made for her mm-hmm. um, of having multiple husbands and, and going through that course of life and, you know, whether she lost them through death or divorce or, or whatever it might be, <clears throat> excuse me, whatever it might be, um, that's, that's suffering, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. loss. That's pain. In this, uh, in this context, it would have been shame. It, mm-hmm. You know, there's mm-hmm. so much baggage related to this. And so Jesus invites her in and, and it reminds me even back to the Romans passage of like, uh, we, we glory in the Lord. And we have this hope that there's no shame in yeah. this hope, right? Yeah. And, and Jesus is providing her a way out of maybe the shame and the suffering yeah. that she's feeling mm-hmm. into him, yeah. into his rest. Yeah. And, and I just love, I mean, even the, the question that you mentioned earlier, Jason, of will you give me a drink? He's always inviting, mm-hmm. right? It's like, hey, you have something to offer.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Can you help me out? Like, will you give mm-hmm. me a drink? Type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and and he's inviting her into his rest, but also revealing, like, I know you. Yeah, who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And and I know what's going on here. And and I want to invite you into something more to see that there is more and better um, in this Messiah that you have been looking for, and indeed is right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: And part of this rest that he offers is freedom from shame, Mm. right? We've talked about that before. And it's interesting to look back to that Exodus passage and see how they were almost more willing to enter back to shame. Mm. Like they would rather go back that way Mm. um, Mm. than to find rest and provision in the Lord. Mm. Um, And so this idea of like, he is asking us to enter into this idea of not having shame before him, of Mm. finding true rest in that. Mm -hmm. um, which is again, a discomfort for us. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think as he continues to talk, she, she says, um, I can Mm -hmm. see you're a prophet. Mm -hmm. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is Jerusalem. Then he points her direction. I mean, we're going to try and sum, sum this (laughs) up, but he's pointing her in a direction of worshiping in, in spirit and in truth. Mm -hmm. And he says, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the father. And then he says a little bit later, yet a timing, a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the father in the spirit and in truth. This Mm -hmm. idea of a time coming and is now come, Mm -hmm. that is a, that is something that's also consistent in these passages that we've been looking at in the Romans text, um, in where I stopped reading Mm -hmm. He says, you see at just the right time when mm-hmm. we were still powerless. Uh, and then in famously in the Psalm 95 text, mm-hmm. after the common worship of the Lord, um, this is the God who's, you know, over all gods and the God that leads you like a shepherd today, if you do not harden your heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is that commentary in Hebrews mm-hmm. about Psalm 95 mm-hmm. and and uh, today, as long as it is called today, which is when today,
1: today. <laughs> today.
3: like this idea of, of the invitation to worship, the invitation mm. to experience living water, the invitation to experience um, or to, off, to offer an open heart, mm-hmm. the invitation to experience the reconciliation we have in Jesus that is there right now. It mm-hmm. is a right now, um, today invitation, mm-hmm. and I've, you know, I've looked at Psalm ninety five before, and and we all read it before, and it's, it ends on such a downer as you mentioned earlier, Ben, mm-hmm. when, after Mary read it, it, it ends like mm-hmm. so dis, this this discouragement, mm-hmm. they you know they will never enter my rest, but that is the end of a section that begins with an invitation, mm-hmm. to receive it. Mm-hmm. And we hear that invitation right now. We hear that invitation in the midst of of this day. We hear that invitation in the midst of our Lent, in the midst of our suffering. Um, Because we see in the whole of Scripture that he comes to us no matter who we are, no matter what we've done. As Paul says in that Romans passage, while we were yet sinners, he comes to us and we have the opportunity to respond in faith and know Mm. that he is the one who saves Mm. and that is that is the hope that doesn't disappoint Mm
1: -hmm. Mm.
0: i like how you said it once jason um as far as that like what's available to us today and in contrast to um kind of the nature of these temporary things that mm-hmm. people were putting their, their hope. And, and you'd mentioned the, the fleetingness of the temporary, as opposed to the opportunity of the, of the eternal right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think
3: it's easy for us to look at temporary versus eternal. And there mm-hmm. is definite truth to that, right? Um, the Israelites were looking for temporary water. The woman at the well was concerned about having temporary water. She wanted this water that you know, didn't, would mean she didn't have to keep coming back Mm -hmm. to the well, didn't quite have it grasped, but like, Mm -hmm. no, you'll still have to keep coming back (laughs) (laughs) to get your water. Mm -hmm. But there's something greater that what I think is more interesting than just saying there's a temporary and eternal Mm -hmm. is that there is always a right now aspect Mm -hmm. to what, what is being offered to Mm -hmm. us. And there is an immediate temporary satisfaction of water but there is a right now as ben you mentioned sweet relief mm-hmm. of water and when we look at it in terms of what christ is offering that water that he offers is more than that sweet relief mm-hmm. but but it is a right now relief mm-hmm. it is a right now hope that we have and that that is that is the moment that we are in. Mm -hmm. That is the moment it's, we are not in this, like I'm rejecting the temporary because, because the temporary water can be very beneficial. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We need it, but we cannot live by it alone. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, it's not just this binary opposite thing. It's like, we do need some of that temporary uh, thirst, but there is a right now reality where it, we, we need to see it and not weigh, mm-hmm. weigh the, the temporary water versus the eternal water. Mm-hmm. Um, like that we, and we re- weigh it over it and we must receive that uh, living water that Jesus, Jesus gives. And it's very much, I love that today, as long as it's called today, it's like, mm-hmm. no, it's not, it's not a bad, bad news. The These people that um, in, described in Psalm 95, the Israelites who not enter his rest, that it's a contrast of the temporary wandering in the wilderness because they grumbled, because they were not praising mm-hmm. and boasting in God's provision and trusting in him mm-hmm. while they wandered. They could not enter. They could never enter. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's contrasted with the opportunity that we have to always be able to enter mm-hmm. and to to receive With with boasting, as Paul Mm -hmm. talks about that salvation in the Lord Mm -hmm. that today is right now. Do you hear that word and Mm -hmm. receive it? Mm -hmm.
2: But again, that idea of what does it look like to enter? It looks like like the Roman passage says, while we were still weak, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. you know, like not looking back to when maybe we felt more powerful Mm -hmm. or we had Mm -hmm. more control over our food source or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, but entering in it so in weakness and in suffering, mm-hmm. yeah. um, is what we're being called to do.
3: Yeah. And to, there's that tangible picture that of the, of the woman, when she realizes the the goodness of Jesus mm-hmm. and what he offers, when she goes to tell her neighborhood, her family and friends, she leaves the water mm-hmm. jar behind that, mm-hmm. that symbol of the temporary mm-hmm again there's nothing wrong with that mm. she's going to have to come back and put water in that jar <laughs> but in in the big picture she' she is not counting that as the significant thing that she came yeah. that she received at the well mm-hmm. it is it is the It is the gift from from Jesus mm-hmm. and she is she does come as powerless mm-hmm. she does come as someone who suffers um, but that is where she can find that hope that doesn 't disappoint mm-hmm. and I think that uh when we think about lent and we think about this idea of rest and and her entering in in one sense her having the opportunity to enter into rest um that gives us an opportunity uh to think about sabbath rest mm-hmm, and what yeah. that looks like
0: what it looks like yeah mm-hmm. absolutely well i mean that beautifully leads us into our call <laughs> for this week i think um and even on like your guys notes i think it's or to note on what you guys are talking about, um, I think it's important to mention too, and Jenna, I think you alluded to this, in that whether we're putting our trust in God or the temporary things, we will face suffering in this world. Mm -hmm. Like that part's going to stay the same, Mm -hmm. but whether or not it's transformative is based on Mm -hmm. where we're placing our trust.
2: Um,
0: So yeah, Mm -hmm. we call you this week to um, Mm -hmm. enter into some Sabbath rest. Mm And, um, something that I find interesting about the Sabbath is though, this is not one of our texts for this week, but in the creation story in Genesis on the seventh day, when God rests, he declares that day as holy and holy Mm -hmm. means set apart. Right. Mm -hmm. And like in this world with our culture of like, go, 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 do all the things, be all the things Mm -hmm. to take a rest. We is like, we're really being set apart in doing that. And, um, Mm -hmm. And so as you do that, like you might face some resistance,
2: Mm. not
0: only with, um, you know, the world around you um, and your schedule um, or the people in your life that are like, wait, 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 (laughs) Um, I need you to do this, this and this. Mm. Um, But you also might find resistance within yourself um, to take that rest in the Lord Mm. And, um, I like to think of this analogy as far as rest. I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but I'm totally guilty. <laughs> um, or if you've seen someone do this, but like you're, you're reading a book before bed or maybe you're on your phone or you're drinking something and you fall asleep and it, and it hits you. Right. <laughs> that's, so does that ever happen? No. Never, no. ever, no. Ever, <laughs> ever. I don't actually think that's happened. It's, it's happened so, to me before. Okay. I'm with you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got you. So... It, it just put this idea in my head of how we can't grip things tightly mm. when we're at rest. Ooh. And so mm. what might that be that that we're holding on to, that mm. you might be holding on to, whether it's a fear, a worry, a concern um, about someone you love, a fear of the future, whether it is um, this need to control mm. um, what's coming next. Those Whatever that to-do list is, like it's going to be there
2: mm-hmm.
0: after after you take a Sabbath. And a Sabbath can be a full day. It could be moments within your day that you take rest in the Lord. but I, I just encourage you to ask yourself, what are you gripping too tightly um, that is hindering you from opening those arms in rest, in surrender, in praise? Um, you know, often when we praise, we're we're lifting our hands mm-hmm. in praise because out of surrender, out of saying, "You are You are God, Most High." Um, th- even that posture of open hands, there's not there's not gripping or grumbling mm-hmm. in it. Um, so we in- invite you to consider those things as you enter into Sabbath rest this week, and um, are are confident it will be a blessing to you as you as you practice that. Well, thank you so much for joining us again, and we will see you next week.